Happy, happy new year. Even though I'm coming to you live from Christmas Central, I don't know if you've heard or not, but Julie Richard does like her some Christmas, so we hang on to it as long as we can. You know, as together we start a brand new year, a new decade. This year, 2020, holds some of the most exciting things we've ever done as a church, and central to that is LHC students. So today, I wanted you to hear from the person who will be driving LHC students going forward, our very own Director of Student Ministries, Caleb Knezny. If you've been around here any amount of time, you know that we conducted a long, long search to find the right person to drive this part of our church's ministries that is so, so important to who we are as a church. So today, I want to ask you, if you will, please stand to your feet and give a crazy Lake Hills Church welcome to our student director, Caleb Knezny. Good morning, Lake Hills. How are we doing? We doing well? Uh, it is good to be here. Like, like Pastor Max said, uh, my name is Caleb, and I cannot wait to get to know everyone. Uh, please, please introduce yourself to me. I got a ton of people to get to know and I uh, would love to, to meet you. Uh, but before I get going, uh, it's 2020, it's a new decade. Like, congratulations, we made it. Like, we made it, it's a new decade. I don't know how everyone's feeling. I know I'm excited for a new decade, a new year, a new start. Uh, but before I get going, I gotta share something. I didn't have this in my sermon notes because this literally happened this morning. And I, I, something you need to know about me right off the bat, I love basketball. It's basketball and church, church and basketball, church first, basketball second, close second, no, I'm just kidding. But um, I had an opportunity to play basketball yesterday. And uh, Anthony Durham, some of you guys know him. He's in the church. He's a great guy. And, and he's already hooked me up two different times to play basketball at these open gyms in the area. And so I, I played yesterday, and, and he's a photographer. He's good with video and all that. And I didn't really ask him to do this. But he sent me a video of a clip of me, like, hitting a shot and slowed it down, like, right at the perfect time. And it was really cool. And so I posted it on Instagram. And there's this guy named Mark Jackson. Some of you guys may be familiar with him. He's an NBA Hall of Fame point guard, played for the Knicks, had a lot of good battles with Jordan and the Bulls in the 90s. And now he's like the voice of ESPN and ABC, does all the finals games with Mike Breen and, and Jeff Van Gundy. And he's known for two lines. Mama, there goes that man, and you know the rules, hand down, man down. And so I posted it, you know the rules, hand down, man down, and I tagged Mark Jackson in, in the, the Instagram story. And he messaged me this morning when I woke up and I saw it, I said, that's nice. He said, that's nice. And I was like, let's go. This is a great start to my morning. This is exactly what I needed to get this morning going. I got a big morning, obviously, being here. And I was like, that is exactly how I wanted my morning to start. Because not every morning you get a Hall of Fame point guard telling you that was nice. So I say all that to say, I'm having a great morning. I hope you have a great morning as well. And with that, with that being said, there's also a couple other things I gotta, I gotta touch on before, before I really get into the message. One, I'm really excited to live in Texas. Like, I don't know about you guys. I'm sure all of you, actually, I do know, I do know that you guys love living in Texas. Um, I grew up in Iowa, and uh, I moved to Florida about six years ago, seven years ago, and been there for the last six, seven years. But I've always been a fan of Texas from afar. Like, I'm not kidding. This isn't just me, new pastor, stepping on stage, saying that they love Texas and not meaning it. I really love Texas, and I'm about to share a couple of reasons why. One, um, I grew up in a household where my dad uh, was, a, was a former Marine. So, a very conservative household. So you can imagine kind of what that was like. 
And he was also super conservative. So I didn't really have access to a lot of like TV shows and like normal TV, like in general that most like elementary and middle school kids would have access to. And so I, my, my options were very limited. But one thing I did, I was able to see, and some of you may know where I'm going with this, is I was able to watch one certain show. And it was, became my favorite show for like all of middle school. That show was Walker, Texas Ranger. Like, I'm not kidding. Like, Walker, Texas Ranger was like my favorite show for like a solid three years. I've seen like every episode. It's funny too, because like this would have been like 2007, 2008, 2009. And like that show like was mostly in the 90s. And so like, it's funny, like I don't know how many 2000 kids were growing up and that show, their favorite show was Walker, Texas Ranger, but I was one of them. So I don't know what that means, but I really do love Walker, Texas Ranger, always will. <laughs> always will, Chuck Norris forever. And uh, the second thing is we, I went on a trip, one of my favorite memories growing up is we went on a trip to San Antonio when I was like seven or eight. And I grew up a Spurs fan my whole life. Duncan, Ginobili, Parker, those are my guys. Yes, we can give it up for them, Hall of Famers. There's never gonna be anything like that again for like 15 years consistently. Uh, but anyway, we went on this trip. This was actually before Duncan, uh, this was before Ginobili and Parker got there. This is like 2001, I think, 2000, right around that time period. And my dad would travel a lot for work and I was homeschooled. So a lot of times we would like travel with him um, and we'd go to these like different conventions or whatever my dad had going on. And so we went to uh, San Antonio this time and uh, we were staying at the hotel right across from where the Spurs played. And there was like a giveaway for my dad's convention and it was like two tickets to Spurs game. They were like box seats. And my dad ended up like winning the, the raffle and I was able to go to the Spurs game. And we had box seats. I'm like a seven or eight year old at the time. It was like the best thing in my life. Like this is like the coolest sports moment to that point of my life. And it was Sean Elliott's like first game back from a kidney transplant. It was a big deal. And uh, this was still when they had David Robinson. And, and it was really just an amazing memory that I look back on. And then I also got to mention, I really enjoyed the Alamo. I really did enjoy the Alamo. Uh, I also, if I didn't, if I wasn't doing ministry, I'd probably be doing two things. I'd probably be coaching basketball or teaching American history. Like those are like my passions. So like all of that really fits in very well with like where I'm at now. And so uh, needless to say, I'm excited about uh, living in Texas. I, I really do believe uh, it's going to be a, a lot of fun. I, also was, uh, I was also joking with Pastor Mac because right now, you know, the Cowboys are going through it. Like the Cowboys are really going through it. And like when I was preparing this message, the word hadn't been announced that Jason Garrett was actually going to be uh, not, his contract wasn't going to be extended. And I honestly thought, because there was like three meetings, right? Like he had three meetings or something like that with Jason Garrett. And I was like, Jerry Jones is going to find a way to bring Jason Garrett back. Like I was convinced it was going to happen. And I like really was going to feel bad for everyone that was a Cowboys fan. But hey, it's a new year and a new decade and you're getting a new coach. So congratulations. Like you guys are off to a great start. I will not be joining you to be a fan of the Cowboys. I'm sorry. I hope like, you'll forgive me, but. Uh, one of my favorite things to do actually on Monday mornings is turn on first take and hear Stephen A. Smith go off on the Cowboys. Like that's, that's some of the best TV content I've, like I've ever seen. He'll have his black hat and pretending to smoke a cigar and talking in his Southern voice and call Jerry Jones' buddy. Like it's great. Like it's great. I highly recommend you checking it out if you haven't. But with that being said, hey, it's a new season and a new decade. We'll see what happens next year. And, and then the Texans won yesterday, so everyone's, everyone's, everyone's having a good start to their year. Everyone's having a good start to their year. I'm really thankful that Deshaun Watson got it done. Big fan of him. 
Well, we're really excited to be here this morning. Like, I'm five shots of espresso excited. Like, it is going to be a great morning. It's going to be a great year. I'm really excited to, to be here this morning. And, and before I get into the message anymore, I just want to take a moment and honor Pastor Mac. I really do. Uh, for one, he hired me. And two, and two, he's, just, he's a great guy and he's trusting me with this platform. The, the minute I... The minute I met him when I was here for my interview, I was like, okay, this, 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 is, the, this is the man. Like, he's, this is the guy. I could really work for him, and he's, he's honestly one of the most likable people I've ever met in my life. And we're truly all blessed that he is the lead pastor here because he is a phenomenal lead pastor. Can't believe he's been here for 22 years. That says a lot about who he is and his family. And uh, really, really thankful to be here. So with all that being said, let's get to it. Some of you guys are probably like, who is this new guy? What is the youth ministry going to look like? And uh, I am about to get into that. Now, I want to start with my story a little bit. I think it's important to, that we know each other's stories. All of us have a specific story that's unique to them. And, and I'm, I'm so thankful as I've you know, had a few years now go by that I can kind of see how things were connected together and see how things ended up playing themselves out. And I think what's also important, like you ever have a sub like in, in high school or in college or middle school and and that sub just goes like straight to the material without like introducing themselves at all. Like I need to know a little bit about you if I'm going to sit and listen to you. Like I just need to know. That just helps me. Like I can't stand when I li like have to listen to someone and, and I don't know anything about them. I'm like, who, who am I listening to? Like I don't know. Like I don't know. And so I'm going to share a little bit about my story and how I got to this moment. And then the last half of my message is going to be some vision things of where the youth ministry is going in 2020. And uh, really excited for, for that. So I grew up, like I said, in Iowa. I grew up in Iowa, uh, the heartland, the middle of the country, the Midwest. Uh, it was fun growing up. But I, I, when I go back, I'm like, how did I survive? Like, how did I survive? Because after living in Lakeland, Florida, where you have Tampa and Orlando, like 30 minutes east side, there's a lot of things to do. And like in Iowa, when I go back, I'm like, what is there to do? Like, I really don't know like how I made it through. But I love Iowa. I love being from Iowa. I grew up in a, a household uh, where I didn't have an option to go to church. Like, like I said, my dad was a former Marine, very conservative. There was no conversation. It was, you're going to be in church on Wednesdays and Sundays, and there's no questions asked about that. I really just went through most of my childhood like kind of going through the motions, going through the motions of my faith. It was more my parents' faith than anything else. And I didn't really enjoy it. I grew up in a very conservative home and church as well. Uh, we had, like, ladies were still wearing the head coverings for their hair, and we were singing hymns, and, and it was hard for me to really relate. It was hard for me to really get something out of the church that I was in. I didn't really enjoy it, and I just had to go because I had to go. And so that's what my life looked like all growing up. The other thing that my life looked, consisted of was playing basketball. That was, like, that was, my, that was what I did. I spent, how I spent all my extra time playing basketball, all the way growing up to high school and and got to really do some amazing things with the game of basketball, uh, whether it was traveling or meeting different people. It was really, really fun. Really, really fun. Forever thankful for that. And I got to high school, and one of my best friends, the guy that I played basketball and his dad was my coach all growing up, really started doing a lot of the things that I knew I shouldn't be doing myself. But as you guys know, who you have around you and who, who's the voices in your ear really matter. And before I knew it, I was living this life that I didn't really want to live and that I didn't ever think I would live. I was this person on Wednesdays and Sundays, but then on the weekends with my friends, I'd be whoever I wanted to be. And that really started a trend for like two or three years of my life. This cycle that just 
kept going, kept going. And it all changed, though. One, one uh, summer, the summer after I graduated high school, I went on a church trip for the first time. Uh, growing up, I always played sports in the summer, tournaments, camps, all that. So I never really went. But I went on this church trip, one, because we were going to New York City, and I was like, I want to be a part of that. And two, like, I was like, this, I think I do want to see what this is going to be like because I've heard a lot of good things. And so I went, it was one of my favorite weeks of my life, went to New York City. And we, it was the first time I was in an environment where we had service like every single night. And then we also like were working with the homeless people on the streets in New York City. And so we'd give these care packages to people and then we'd ask if we could pray for them. And I still remember this, this, this moment and this, this sequence so clearly. We're in the, I'm in the subway station of New York City. And I go up to this guy and, and at this point like, you know, I'm not very comfortable going up to random people that I don't know to start a conversation. Like, that's not something I would ever do, like, on my own time. But I go up to this guy, I introduce myself, He's, he says that his name is Raymond, and we have a conversation, and I give him a care package. This care package has, like, your basic soap and shampoo and those things. And I give it to him, and then afterwards, we would ask if we could pray for him. And so I asked him if I could pray for him, and he stops me, he says, no, let me pray for you. And I just remember being super convicted and challenged in that moment of like, here I am like serving this guy that has nothing and I'm living this double life, I'm doing whatever I want and this guy takes some time and says, hey, no, I wanna, I wanna pray for you. I remember leaving that trip and that conversation being really challenged. It was the first time I really like looked myself in the mirror and was like, hey, am I gonna really be serious about this or am I just gonna be kind of fake and, and pretending that everything's gonna be okay? And that was the first time in my life where I was like, this, is, this, is, this has got to change. Like, this is the turning point. And that doesn't mean like everything else after that like, was perfect. I made all the right decisions and life was just perfect. But that was, that was the start. That was the start before I knew how everything else was going to play out. That was the beginning. Fast forward a year, my parents tell me that they're moving to the Orlando area uh, to take a full-time ministry position. At the time, I was playing college basketball in Iowa, and then I was like, I don't know how I'm going to find a place to play in Florida. Nobody knows who I am, so it's, I'll probably just stay here. You guys go to Florida. I'll stay here. Really, though, as the summer went on, I really felt like God was telling me, hey, you need to, you need to go. Like, you need to go to Florida. And so I, I didn't know where to start, and so my dad and I started Googling colleges, and I found out Southeastern University off of Google, so shout out to Google. I wouldn't have gotten to Florida without it. And uh, I ended up calling the coach. It was like, hey, I need a place to play. Is there a spot uh, for me? And he said, well, I kicked somebody off yesterday for a DUI. Come down and earn your spot, and we'll see what happens. And I can't believe I said yes to that. I can't believe I was like, yep, let's do it. Like, I'm going to get in the car and drive all the way down to Florida from Iowa. But I did. I just felt like it was the right thing to do. Couldn't really say why or communicate it. But I felt like that was what was supposed to happen. So I get to Southeastern, and I walk on the team. He, Coach Barsh didn't let me know for like a month that I made the team. So I almost quit because like, I'm like, I'm showing up to all these open gyms and I still don't know if I'm on the team. And finally, the last open gym before actual practice was started, he's like, hey, you made the team. I was like, thank you, thank you. I almost didn't make it. But it went on great. It went on great. I thought like I was going to this Christian school and I was like, the basketball team's not gonna be very good. Like I'm gonna start right away. It's gonna be all that. But we actually had the best year in school history that year and we went to the final four and it was a lot of fun. And ended up walking on my, my sophomore year and then starting my junior senior year. But I had no idea what I was getting myself into as a school and as a basketball program. It was honestly the best move of my life, except for this one. 
And then, um, and, and it was amazing. It was amazing. Like the culture of Southeastern was great. And I really just tried to make the most of it. Like I knew what was in front of me. And I was like, Here, here's this school. Here's this opportunity to really grow, really make a difference. And, I, and Southeastern offers like 90 different mission trips. You can go anywhere in the world practically. And I really wanted to go on a mission trip outside of the country. I'd never been outside of the country. So the first mission trip I went on was to Uganda, and I went to South Africa, and Dominican Republic, and Nicaragua, all these different countries. And my life was changed forever on those trips. I was just telling somebody yesterday that I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing now if it wasn't for the mission trips and the opportunities that I had on those trips. And, and fast forward, you know, now to my senior year, and a couple, couple times I've heard, hey, like, hey, have you ever thought about being a pastor? And up until that time, I was like, no, like, I've never considered it. I always thought I wanted to be a college basketball coach after I was done playing. But I really felt like God was calling me to this thing. I was really struggling with it for like six or seven months because that's a huge decision. I'm really late in my college career. Very few people make a decision that they want to do ministry like their senior year of college. But the this, this fall of 2015, I finally made the decision of like, hey, this is, this is what my future holds. This is what God has for me. So I got baptized, and it was more of a sign of obedience to my calling than anything else. And that was the, that was the turning point of, like, saying, hey, like, I'm going to really try to make a difference for these three or four years. And then God just opening the doors and being like, hey, I have something else for you that you never thought, like, you had over your life. And at that same time, the campus pastor at Southeastern was planning a church in Lakeland. And a really, really great guy, really, really looked up to him. He's, like, 36 years old, played college basketball. And he could hang with us, like, as a basketball team, like, right then and there. And, like, he would, he would hold his own, and he was doing great. So I always, like, looked up to him. I was like, man, if I could do that at 36, like, man, I'm going to be doing real good at life. And I was, really, I was really impressed that he could do that. He also presented the gospel, and just we did church and created a phenomenal culture that people really responded to. And so as a result, uh, John Lorenzo uh, was, was going to be the youth pastor at Grace City. And he's on staff at Southeastern at the time, and and we had a meeting. He's like, hey, man, I'm, we're going to start this youth ministry. I want you to be a part. And so I was like, let's do it. Let's do it. And so this was like 2015, 2016. And I got to see this church plant from, from the ground up from day one. I was at the first interest service for the last four and a half years. Got to see this church grow, youth ministry, being involved, all kinds of different ways. And it was one of the most rewarding times of my life because I grew so much in a short amount of time because I had a lot of opportunities, too. And it was, it was just unbelievable to see kind of the church growth, nothing short of a miracle. Church grew to like 2,000 people in about three years, three, four years, 2,000 people. And it was amazing. It was a miracle. I got to really just be a part of that. And at that same time, when I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to do going forward with ministry, I was like, I need to get a ministry degree. Like, I don't want to graduate my senior year and then go try to find a ministry degree with nothing to show for it. And so luckily at the same time, I was able to, to secure like a GA position. So I worked for the school and they paid for my master's. And so I was able to get a master's degree in ministerial leadership. And all these things were starting to come together just in a short amount of time. And then shortly after that, I started working part-time with FCA. And then once I got done with my master's, I started working full-time with FCA. And so all this is going on at the same time. Before I know it, I'm like, oh, God's got some plans for me that are bigger than I ever thought I had. And, and fast forward, you know, to this moment, all of those things, now looking back on it, I could see how God had his hand in it and how thing, one thing led to another. And before you know it, I ended up living in Texas, which I never thought that would be a reality, but it is. And so I think our stories are important, right? 
who we are and the, and the experiences and the formative experiences that shape our lives are important. And I think it's always important to hear our stories, hear each other's stories from other people because there's a lot of things that we can get, get from that. There's a lot of things that we can take from that and apply to our lives. I want to kind of transition a little bit. I know you're probably thinking, like, what is this youth ministry going to look like? What is students going to? Am I, can I trust this student pastor with my, my middle school and high school children? Well, here we go. I want to, here's some things that I want to share with you guys, some vision things of what this youth ministry uh, is going to look like going forward. I think a lot of these things also apply to the church as a whole. So no matter where you're at in life, what season in life, these things apply to whether you're serving in kids serving students, you just attend this church, whatever it is, a lot of these things apply for that. The first thing I have is we're gonna make a big deal about Jesus. We're gonna make a big deal about Jesus. Someone recently asked me, they're like, hey, Caleb, what's gonna be your church strategy? Like, what is gonna be your youth ministry strategy? What are you going to do to reach students right before I left? And I was like, hey, we're gonna make a big, we're gonna make a big deal about Jesus. Like, at the end of the day, that's why we're all here. I just believe that when you make a big deal about Jesus, he takes care of a lot of the other things. He takes care of a lot of the other things. Yes, we're gonna have some intentional strategies and some things that we put in place to do the best that we can to reach people. But at the end of the day, Jesus is what we're here for. We're gonna preach Jesus. We're gonna make a big deal about Jesus. Because I just believe that your best life is lived with Jesus. Your best life is lived when we're promoting and making Jesus a big deal. I was reading my life journal. It's a Bible reading tool that I use. And I came across this verse the other day, and I loved it. It's some simple verse. It's not profound, but I think it applies so well to church and youth ministry. This is Luke 8, 4. And when a great crowd gathered from town to town. Great crowd gathered from town to town. Everywhere Jesus went, if you read the Gospels, there was a crowd. People were showing up to see who this guy was. Everybody was captivated. Even if they didn't even believe in Jesus or liked what he taught, everyone was showing up to see what Jesus was going to say and who he was. Tax collectors, Pharisees, all these religious leaders, regular people. Everybody wanted to know what this, what this person was and who he was and what he had to offer. And I just think that that's what church should be. Church should be a place where people want to show up, where people have a home, where people are like, I don't... I might not have all the answers. I might not have everything figured up, figured out, but I want to know what this is about. And, and for, for a youth ministry, that's what I want to place. I want a place for a student to come in for the first time and he can get something out of the message and kind of understand a little bit about what's going on. Because I know what it's like growing up as a, as a kid and not really being able to relate to church. And so I just want to know, I just want to do everything in my power to make a, an environment and a culture where people can understand and get something out of it. And at the end of the day, we preach Jesus. Because I just believe when we do our part, God's always going to do his. The Bible also says he'll draw all people to himself. So a lot of times we just have to do our part, and then God's responsible for actually drawing people to him. We put on environments and, and cultures and places for people to gather, but at the end of the day, that's our part, is to get them in the door. Then God's part is to actually move in their lives and, and have life change happen. And so when we do our part, God's going to do his. God's going to do his. Second thing is we believe life with Jesus is a life of abundance. We believe life with Jesus is a life of abundance. It's a lie that the other life is better. I think I grew up, for the most part, most of my childhood thinking that 
hey, I don't really want to be a Christian or I don't want to be a, a, like a, an invested Christian, like all in, because it just doesn't seem that fun. Like I just thought that. Like that was my perception of what being a Christian was all growing up for the most part. But I was so wrong. Maybe some of the things that I saw weren't things that I would do or the things that I would you know, want to have church be. But I know that, it, that the other lie, the other life is a lie. Like it's like my favorite times and my favorite memories in life have been with a local church with people that I love serving other people and serving the next generation or being on a mission field serving people in Africa. Those are, the, my, those are the best memories and the most rewarding time and where I feel like I'm getting the most out of life. And I think a lot of people are unsatisfied with life is because they're looking in the wrong places in the wrong direction for fulfillment. When we put our fulfillment in the right places, unbelievable things happen. Unbelievable things happen. And I just don't have any interest in, in having a church where people don't want to be excited and show up. So I'm, I, I know for as long as I'm doing this or whatever I'm doing ministry-wise, I want to create a place and a culture and an environment where people are saying, hey, I want to come. I, want to come. I may not even understand it. I don't even have all the answers. I don't have all my, my things together in my life. But I'm showing up because it's fun and we're going to have a good time. Third thing is church should be enjoyed, not endured. How many of us know, we all know actually, what a fun environment is and what an environment that's not so fun. Like we all know what that's like, right? Like we all understand that pretty quickly. And I think kind of touching on what I just said is how am I, what am I doing to make sure that there's gonna be a fun environment for students? Where students wanna show up. Where students want to show up. I think so much in my life, I thought church was boring. Church wasn't exciting. How, this doesn't really have anything for me. But all I know now after living a few years and, and being part of an amazing church and an amazing university is that there's way more out there than I thought there was. There's way more out there than I thought there was. There's way more to this thing than I thought there was. After going on mission trips and seeing all these different things happen, I'm like, hey, this is something that I want to be a part of. The last thing I have is we're gonna be a youth church and church that doesn't wait for students to find us. We're gonna find them. We're not gonna wait for students to find us. We're gonna find them. I just believe that life and ministry is the most fun and rewarding when you're on the front lines, taking ground. When you're making strategic it moves and, and, and trying to figure out, hey, how can I just reach the most amount of people possible? What do I have to do? What do I have to do? I remember uh, I had this privilege of showing up to this high school for three straight years. Uh, it was honestly one of the most fun things I've ever been a part of. It was the Lakeland High School. It was the main, main high school in Lakeland. And I was working with FCA and campus ministry with Grace City. And I got to lead this, this ministry at at Lakeland High School. So every single Friday for three years, I'd show up and I'd preach like a 10 minute message during the lunches. And we'd try to get students here. We tried to get students there and we tried to figure out all these different ways to reach them. We started off in the classroom, right? Like nobody wants to come to a classroom. Like you're already in class, it's, it's school. But we had, we had to do what we had to do with what we had. And so we started out classroom. It was like the first, the first one that we had, we had like 25 students. It started super small. Superstar, but we were faithful and we were consistent. And my team and I, we continued to, to grow and, and try to think of ways to, to reach students. It was so, so fun to see the growth happen because we literally started with just about nothing. And then on the last Friday before I moved here, we had 290 students show up. 290 students to show up in a school, at a public school, to hear, to hear the gospel. 
And I don't say that to, to prop up myself at all, but it's just amazing what can happen when you get a, a team of people that are committed to something that's bigger than themselves. Because it took a team of 10 to 12 leaders showing up every single Friday for three years to get to that point. And we had no favor with the schools when we started. It was like we were just tolerated. They were like, hey, yeah, we'll, we'll let you go do it. But by the end, the principal, the athletic director, the dean of students, everyone literally, I, I had all their, their numbers, and they, they literally said, whatever we can do to help you, we're going to make it happen. And this is a public school. This is a big public school. And it was just amazing to see what God can do when you just commit everything that you have to a specific thing and watch what God does to it. We made Jesus a big deal there. We tried to make a fun environment where students wanted to come. We did halftime shows and all these different things where half-court shots for, for prizes and all these different things to get people in the door. And it was just amazing to see the life change of students happen when they get plugged into a local church. And so I just want to attach my name to those kind of things. You know, right now in, in culture, in our society, in our country, one of the more words that you probably hear a lot of times is the word progressive, right? Like people talk about progressive a lot. Like I don't know what their meaning of progressive means, but my meaning of progressive is things that are eternal because those are the things that are actually going to outlast us. Making a difference in, in our schools, in our communities, in our teams, those are things of, that are progressive. Like I want to attach my name to those things because I know that's going to outlast me and, and my life and it's actually going to mean something. It's actually going to mean something. I'm going to go ahead and, and close with this story. Like I said, I had the, the privilege to be at Lakeland High School for three years. I got really involved with the football team. Lakeland football team is a lot like uh, Westlake and Lake Travis, except for the practice facilities. That is, that is something different. I've never seen that before. That is something different. But talent-wise, we're right, we're right there. Lake, we won the state championship in Florida last year in 2018. And uh, just a team full of high-level D1 guys. We're running backs going to Clemson and just unbelievable talent on the field. And really got to show up every single Wednesday and, and, and Friday for football chapels. And really started to develop a lot of amazing relationships with these football players. A lot of lower income players, a lot of uh, players, we had homeless players, guys that were in high school that didn't even have a home. Had to figure out places for them to stay during the season just to eat. But we had so much talent, so much fun. It was, the, it was church like in the wild, like they don't, especially with the, the, the athletes and a lot of the students that we interact, they don't have any concept of church. They don't, have, they don't understand what goes on and how this works. But I showed up every single time just trying to create relationships with these students and these athletes. And I remember one time I, I fell out of contact with one of the football players. He graduated the first year that I did it and went out to school in Georgia. And I ran into him at the gym. He's like, hey, man, I'm not doing too well. I was like, well, we got church tonight. Come to church tonight. And... Uh, he showed up, it was his first time ever being in an environment like that. And we were texting afterwards and we were advertising for a baptism like that next week. And he texted me back, he's like, hey, I wanna be baptized. I wanna get baptized. I said, okay, let's make it happen. Baptism fell through. We're, we weren't able to have it. And so I remember calling John, the youth pastor at the church and, and Terry, my boss at the FCM, like, how can we get this guy baptized? I don't wanna miss this moment. We can't let this go. He's gotta leave in like a week, we gotta get this done. And Terry's like, hey, I." we can just baptize them in my pool. And I was like, sounds good, let's do it, like, let's do it. And so I, I sent this group text to like a group of like eight football players that we're in a group text with. I'm like, hey, Carlos is getting baptized. Any, any of you guys wanna get baptized? And two, two players hit me back and they're like, yes. Like, we'll, we wanna get baptized. And so we baptized these three players 
on a Saturday afternoon at 2 p.m. There's no lights, there's no camera, there's no production. It was just, hey, we're gonna, we're gonna actually take some ground here and we're gonna actually live out this thing called the gospel. And it was, it was probably my favorite moment of ministry in my life was to be there in that pool baptizing these three players. Still to this day, I, I ran into the, the Carlos who I was just sharing about, because um, he's, he's off in Georgia now. I ran into him the other day before I left to come here. And he's like, I pray every single night. I get on my knees every single night and I pray. And he was, this guy was visibly changed, just completely changed. His personality, his character, everything was visibly changed. And it was it's moments like that that keep me going. It's moments like that that I wanna be a part of, that I wanna attach my name to those things. Because those are the things that are eternal. Those are the things that are gonna change people's lives. And those are the things that we should all strive for, no matter what season or life that you are in. And I just wanna make note of this as we kind of transition. We have a team night tonight. I'm talking about we're not gonna, my last point was we're not gonna wait for students to find us, we're gonna find them. Man, come be a part, come hear the vision of where we're going for youth ministry tonight, 7 p.m. right here. It's team night, you're not committing to anything. You're just gonna come and, and hear some more vision. We're gonna be sharing all, totally different things that I covered this morning, completely different message. We're gonna have a time of worship. We're gonna be to have a time for praying for the students that are gonna show up in these doors over the course of this next year. We're praying for leaders, the leaders that are on our team, the leaders that we need to come on our team. We need people. We need college students. We need young adults. So if that's you or if you know of anybody, get them to tonight at 7 p.m. And uh, we're kicking this thing off next week. Next week, January 12th, the first service. I can't wait to get going. I can't wait to get going. It's gonna be a lot of fun. It's gonna be a lot of fun. It's gonna be a youth ministry that lifts up the name of Jesus has a ton of fun while doing it, believes it's the best way, and we're gonna go and do whatever we can to reach students. And just like those students, and just like those athletes, it wasn't the perfect time for them to get baptized. It wasn't the perfect time to, to make their life, a life change in their life, but they did it. And I think oftentimes, we wait for the right moment and the right time to get our lives together. I know I have at different points in my life. But here, in, the, in this moment, and we just coming off a of Christmas season. And I think it's, I love being able to relate these two things together because they're so, they're so similar, is salvation is just like a gift. We all understand when we give a gift that we, all we have to do is just receive it. We didn't do anything to earn it. The same is true to, to be said about salvation. Jesus already gave us the gift. It's just up to us whether or not we're gonna respond to it and receive it. That's what, that's what that looks like. We don't do anything to earn it, it's already there. Jesus already did it. It's just up to us whether or not we're gonna respond and receive it. And, and if that's you in this place and you've never made that decision, you've never made that decision, maybe you've, you've been in church all your life, maybe this is the first time you've ever been in an environment like this, we wanna give you an opportunity right here, right now to start your year. It's 2020, it's a new decade, it's a new start. Maybe last year it didn't go well. You get a new start, you get a fresh start. And if you're like, hey, I wanna make that decision today, we wanna give you that opportunity. So I just invite everybody to close their eyes and, and bow their heads. And if that's you and you're saying, hey, that, this is the moment for me. Because I just believe everybody has a moment. We all have a moment whether we're gonna believe that this is, this is who we are and this is what we're gonna respond to. And if that's you, I, if that's you and you're just saying, hey, this is, today is my day, this, this start, this Sunday is my time. And if that's you, would you just say this prayer? Lord, I need you. I know I do. I confess my sins in order to receive your grace and your forgiveness. I believe that you died for me. I believe that you rose again. 
and I believe that you're the Lord of my life for the rest of my life. And everybody, with everybody's head bowed and eyes closed still, we just wanna give you an opportunity to respond. In the, in the Bible it says if just one person responds, there's a, a huge celebration in heaven. Like what an amazing picture that is. What an amazing picture that is. There's a program that you should have received when you walked in the doors. It has a connect card on that. And if you made that first time decision, just fill out that connect card in the bottom half. It's, there's a section where you can say, I made a first time decision to follow Jesus. And that kind of gets the ball rolling. Starts a conversation of saying, hey, I, I, I need some people to come alongside me and help run with me and help me on this journey. And we'll start that process at whatever pace you want, whatever you need. And so we fill that out. If you'd hand that to one of the ushers on your way out, that would be great. And also just one last thing, if, if that's you and you're just saying, hey, I'd made that decision, would you just raise your hand? That's just an outward decision of an inward confession. An outward decision of inward confession. It's amazing. That's amazing. Well, we have a family tradition around here at Lake Hills. We'd give it up for everybody. Come on. I hope you guys have a great Sunday.